T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! 3-2 from Garcia. Real Muto shoots one in the air the other way. Back goes Tucker at the wall. It's gone! Real Muto starts the 10th with a go-ahead shot. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7, the score. David Hall, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock talking baseball as we do every Saturday morning. That was the highlight from last night's 10th inning of game one of the World Series. The Phillies come back to beat the Astros in 10. JT Realmuto with the big home run in the 10th inning. Bruce capping one of the greatest game ones you're ever going to see in a World Series, the greatest game ones that we maybe ever have seen in, in World Series history. You wonder what it means moving forward. You think the Phillies are, are coming in hot. It, they won 87 games in the regular season. Seems like a very, very long time ago. Doesn't matter now because they are the team with all the momentum. Yeah, they are, uh, David. You're, you're right. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting. You know, Houston comes in with a 7-0 and record, right? They are um, odds-on favorite everywhere to wipe everybody out. But people forget Philadelphia comes in having already won nine ball games. okay? Extra round of playoffs now, right, David? Mm -hmm. They've only lost two games. They are certainly at the very top of what's going on in the National League. As we see, they've they've wiped out St. Louis. You know, they went through San Diego. you know, they they uh, they certainly uh, wiped out. Uh, I'm forgetting who else they they played. Uh, they 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 took down three different teams right now, and it's it's pretty amazing that uh, the the hot team in baseball right now is certainly more about that than it is. Have you been the best team in baseball for the whole year? Is that the best thing? about the expanded playoffs, Bruce, or the worst? Because some people will will say, you know, this is an example of why the expanded playoffs shouldn't be the case because there were two teams in in their own division that won 100 games and the Phillies were third and the regular season is irrelevant and that's bad. And I'm on the other side. I love it that it's become a tournament, that it's become like the NCAA. And, and here comes... Here, here comes the mid-major that is the Phillies in, in, in that context. And here comes the team that's getting hot at the right time in March. 
And look at them now. And there's not always the best team that wins in baseball. It's the hottest team in all the variance that is involved. And I love it because I think it gives hope to every team that thinks they're close. The Phillies saying, you know what? You really are. Do what we did. Mimic this. And that's fun. Yeah, it, it is fun. And, uh, you know, it's it's not surprising with adding maybe the, play, this, the players – who is the um, most talented in, in all of baseball, Bryce Harper, coming back healthy. Uh, that is, uh, it's not a surprise uh, that uh, the Philadelphia Phillies have taken off from there. And, uh, you know, again, uh, when you look at them, outside of, you know, maybe three, four hitters, they're, they're really not all that surprising, but their pitching is so outstanding their bullpen is locked down, as you saw again last night after uh, the starter got out of there. So from all of that, um, I would just I would just have to say that um, you're you're looking at something that makes baseball what it is, David, and that is the most unpredictable sport uh, of all. No matter how great you are uh, through 162 games, you get into that postseason. And just about anything can happen. And when we're seeing it now with the Philadelphia Phillies, who are uh, changing the minds of everybody out there that had Atlanta, the Mets, and the Dodgers, uh, <laughs> one, two, three, in whatever order you want to go to. And now Philadelphia has a one nothing lead in the World Series. We're trying to connect with Bob Costas. We'll certainly put him on as soon as we do. We are talking about game one of the World Series, won by the Phillies, a rally. They were down 5 nothing to the Astros, the Astros' bullpen did what they rarely do. They blew a lead, and Justin Verlander was part of that. Dusty Baker receiving some you know, criticism, social media and elsewhere, about stick, sticking with Verlander maybe too long. That's not unfamiliar territory for Dusty answering questions in October about his decisions about the pitching staff. Bruce, I think it's worth noting again and reminding people about this Phillies uh, collection of players and their front office, just how many local connections there's, there are. Dave Dombrowski you know, work started with the White Sox. He's headed to the Hall of Fame. This is his fourth team in the World Series. Sam Fold is the general manager. You remember little Sam Fold from playing center field um, in a Cub uniform. Look at the roster. Nick Castellanos had a big uh, catch last night. Boy, was that something else. Kyle Schwarber. What's it? What's got into Schwarber? He's stealing bases as as much as <laughs> he's hitting home runs. And then certainly. You know, uh, Bryce Harper named his dog Wrigley. So we can't forget that local connection because we thought that meant something all those years ago. We thought he was coming to the north side, Bruce, or maybe to the south side, but he ends up in Philadelphia. And look at him now fulfilling all those expectations. The rare free agent, the rare free agent. He signed a $330 million contract, and he feels like in Philadelphia uh, that he's underpaid. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the fact that he had to be a DH and that he was injured uh, for a good deal of time and that you have the, the funky defense. Everybody looked at Philadelphia before the season started, including myself. I was up there raising a hand, David. Uh, how is this team going to outslug all the defensive mistakes that they make? How, how are they going to handle, uh, you know, a guy like Schwarber and uh, a guy like Castellanos in the same outfield who is going to DH on a given day. Well, the injury to um, Harper made that decision easy. It was going to have to be 
in left field, it was going to it was going to have to be Schwarber. In right field, it was going to have to be Castellanos. Uh, you were going to need a speeder, speed speed uh, player in center field to be able to handle uh, both sides because you, you have that there. Their infield has been brutal uh, for most of the year as well. Behind the plate, they have the best catcher in baseball in JT Riamuto. That's so true. that makes up for a lot of things. But That's defensively, uh, you know, people were saying, how in the heck is this team going to be able to keep it together? Uh, they're, they're a third, fourth place team, which they were until they got to the, into the playoffs, and now you see what's happening in the World Series. What I like about Bryce Harper is the way that he has handled the spotlight. This is somebody that's been on uh, the, in the national limelight since he was 16 years old on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I like the fact that he also he engenders this kind of respect from his peers. We heard that from the Cubs left fielder, Golden Gold Glove finalist Ian Happ, on his podcast compound when he was talking about Bryce Harper in the Phillies. Bryce Harper is the most underrated superstar in the game. He's so good. He's About- so good. He signs that big deal. This is what they're paying him to do. He's been unbelievable. Hoskins, bunch of homers. Unbelievable. Real Muto, he's doing a great job behind the plate, and he's hitting homers. Schwaba, big Schwaba's hitting playoff homers. Wow. How about before he hit that ball 173 miles an hour? I think they talked to Kevin Long. They figured something out today in the cage, and then he's gone absolutely bananas since then. People that. talk very, very highly of Kevin Long. Besides the fact that they went and paid all those guys and got a bunch of really good players, and they paid Kevin Long a lot of money to come be there too. And Kevin Long was a great addition for them because he's supposed to be one of the best. He's a hitting coach for the Phillies for anybody who doesn't know. He's with the Yankees for a he's while. With the Yankees, Mets. And then he's with the Nats. He was big with the Mets. I think David Wright really liked him. What they've done going out, bending money on good proven players has worked. That gives every other fan base hope. And They're just fun to watch too. It's electric. Electric baseball. Bryce Harper is the most underrated. Can the Cubs get one of those hitting coaches, Bruce? Can can they go maybe hire somebody that's gonna, you know, have <laughs> bring somebody in that's capable of hitting, you know, balls that hard and that far? Goodness sakes, that was a nice compliment from Ian Happ on his podcast, The Compound, about Bryce Harper. This Phillies team, fun to watch, fun to see, and this is the best thing about sports is when you have something like this happening on the sports biggest stage. Yeah, certainly it is, and uh, you know, again. Uh, Having the the persona uh, that Harper has, you know, he's not the, m- the most well liked guy in baseball. You remember the the problems he had in Washington uh, with you know one of his teammates and uh, you know the yeah. tussle that they had on the field. Uh, right. uh, but he's certainly one of the the. What would you say, David? Is he the top three player in in uh, baseball right now when he's on top well, of his game and healthy? He was the MVP last year. Recency bias. You know, I think, yes, I would say definitely this year right now, given his postseason surge, yeah, he, there there are only a couple other players in the game where you would want in this moment, given the magnitude of it and how he's able to handle the pressure and how he's able to, you know, process those emotions and anxiety. And then I loved the uh, camera catching him uh, in the dugout, kind of not even realizing what he had just accomplished, saying something to the effect of, I, I just did that, trying to convince himself. And it was something very special. And I think that I'm starting to rethink um, I'm starting to rethink my Astros in five prediction because it's not going to age very well, it doesn't seem. I'm just glad I didn't say Astros in a sweep because that was uh, 
something I saw also out there in social media. Bruce, we should go out to the phone lines because we've got a lot of people waiting. Score listener line powered by BetQL, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Jack is in Hillside. Thank you, Jack, for holding. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Oh, well, thank you for taking, picking up the call. Uh, so uh, it'd be easy to get sidetracked on a whole bunch of things I could uh, talk with you fellas about. <clears throat> and I might remind you, <clears throat> excuse me, that I, uh, I'm i a guy who called a while back and they're telling you I'm about ready to uh, boycott boy- baseball going forward because of the ban on the shift, and I don't like the way the game is going. Uh, but that's not why I'm calling this morning. I get you thinking about something a little outside the box here, and it relates to the World Series, I guess, and the way pitchers are used, is that uh, I see the way the game is going forward, you know, just tearing up the pitchers, getting them, as, as you point out, the pitching labs, technology, everything else, we're very close to coming to hitters are not even going to be able to hit anymore. Uh, and the game is really changing. But the pitchers are all breaking down. So what I want to know is this. Why don't we rethink the whole starting rotation thing? It seems to me uh, instead of spending all that money looking to get, uh, you know, $40 million aces and then, you know, five days, once every five days, if you had, for example, you have 13 man bullpens or pitching staffs right now. If you had two teams, let's say four four pitchers, each go two innings, that's an eight inning day, right? And you do that every other game. Every other game, that's 80 appearances, two innings an appearance, 100, 160 innings. You would have uh, five other pitchers, one as a closer. You would have four other guys, you know, or some configuration of that and stop asking and relying on these starters, <laughs> they're great. You get to the postseason, it's a whole different world because nobody has any pitching. Do you think it's time to completely rethink pitching rotations? Thanks for the phone call. It's it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting question, Bruce, because I think part of that is already happening or has happened. We look at Tampa to Milwaukee to other teams that have tried the opener idea. I don't think that's going to stick. I, I Maybe you disagree, Bruce, but I think that rethinking the way that starting pitching is viewed and certainly maybe bullpens are utilized, I, I'm not so sure that different is better. It's just different. Yeah, I, I think you're right, David. Uh, you, you know, again, uh, we can uh, we can, we can uh, you know, go up and back about how we'd like it to be, but, um, you know, realistically um the game is way the way it is the the players have come up and the failed starting pitchers that that used to be bullpen pitchers are no longer that guys are now being trained in the minor leagues to be bullpen pitchers if you throw 97 you don't get through three innings as a starter you're you're very quickly very quickly uh switched from being a a starting pitcher to a bullpen guy, and that's your career from that point on. Bruce, we have a special guest that now joins us on the guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and that's where we find the great Bob Costas. Bob, thank you for joining Inside the Clubhouse. David Hall, Bruce Levine, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I apologize for being a tad late. You got me for as long as you need me or until you get sick of me. <laughs> well, That won't happen, Bob. Let's start just with the reaction to what last night was an epic game one of the World Series, one of the best in recent memory. How would you describe what you saw and what it means? 
Yeah, it was a tremendous game. Not just that the Phils came back from 5 nothing, not just that it went to extra innings, but so many interesting circumstances and tremendous plays and moments. The catch by Castellanos in the ninth inning on that bloop that could have ended it for Houston and that whole rally for the Phils would have been for naught. That's one of the great plays considering the circumstances in World Series history. Um, and that the Phillies relief corps, which has become better during the course of the second half of the season or the last six weeks or whatever, however you want to put it, but never has been compared to Houston's, which is the deepest in the game. Once Nola and Verlander were done, the Philly pen matched the Houston pen until Real Muto snapped the tie. I mean, just a lot of interesting stuff going on in this game, plus very exciting stuff. Bob Costas, 28-time Emmy Award winner, on November 11th, back on the record, his HBO specials, which occur, Bob, four or five times a year. Is that correct? Well, How quarterly. Long? Quarterly. So by my math, that's four. Well, your math is better than mine. I went to Chicago <laughs> yeah. Public Schools, so uh, you have to forgive me. All my math was learned off the back of baseball cards. That was the only way I ever learned it. And David is You and me both. <laughs> Bob, uh, when you... Uh, when you look at uh, baseball right now, and uh, you're still uh, involved, having done a terrific job with TBS for the broadcast and also for uh, pre- or post-game uh, interviews this year, uh, what is different to Bob Costas about the game of baseball? What are your likes and dislikes uh, in general about the game? I know you've always been a man for all years and, and all decades, but... If, if Bob Costas had his way, what would be different in baseball now? Well, I think there's an overwhelming consensus that the biggest problem is pace of play. I've used this phrase for a very long time now, more than a decade. Baseball is supposed to have a pleasing, leisurely pace. It's not supposed to have a plodding, lethargic pace, which too often it does. Now, last night's game, which was at almost four hours uh, when they went to extra innings, doesn't matter because there's so much at stake, and it was such an interesting game, and there was action and stuff to talk about and stuff to remember. But a plodding game in May or June is not what baseball should be. So we have the initiatives coming next year, the pitch clock, banning shifts, which might put the ball in play more often. You know, we think about uh, the most obvious thing, a guy in short right field and a left-handed hitter pulls one that would be a base hit prior to the last several years, and it's an easy out. But the other thing that shifts take away are remarkable defensive plays. Analytics are used because they work. Teams are good at it. They have guys positioned in just the right place, and the pitchers pitch to that positioning. But you get fewer diving plays on a ball right. up the middle by an athletic shortstop or the second baseman ranging. Why do you have to range when there's three guys already there? And apparently not enough hitters have learned how to go the other way. You know what Rod Carew or Tony Gwynn would do to shifts, but they wouldn't shift on those guys. So you want the ball in play more. Uh, I did the Guardians-Yankees series, and something that was notable to me was that Ahmed Rosario led the American League and maybe the majors, the shortstop for the Guardians, with nine triples. The Yankees as a team had eight. Guys used to lead the league with 20 triples. A triple is an exciting play. A ball in the gap and a guy trying to score from first base and your eyes are darting from the outfielder to the cutoff man to the third base coach to the runner to the catcher trying to receive the throw. Those things make baseball exciting. Are home runs exciting? Of course, as a punctuation. But when it's all home runs and strikeouts, that's a slog. 
Bob, the Phillies may have homered their way into the World Series. They won 87 games. They played in a division yep. where two other teams won 100. Yet here they are, on the verge of you know three victories away from celebrating a World Series championship. Is this mm-hmm. an example of why the expanded playoff system is a good idea or a bad idea? I think it's generally a good idea because given the fact that the business has to remain viable – and you want to involve more teams and therefore their fan bases, and it does provide television with more postseason inventory, and the bulk of what they've invested for is no longer a regular season game of the week, which used to mean something on Saturdays in the NBC days. It's no fault of Fox or anybody else that those national games don't resonate as they once did during the regular season because there's so much stuff out there where you can access baseball. So they pay for the postseason. I would say, though, that you have to tweak it a little bit. You don't want to make it insurmountable for the lesser teams and inevitable that the better teams will get to the World Series, but there should be gradations of advantages and disadvantages depending upon regular season outcomes. So if you bear with me here, here's something that on November 11th on HBO I'm going to mention to Rob Manfred, who is our lead guest on the program. We hope to have a comprehensive interview with him. Okay, you've got six playoff teams in each league. They're throwing the third-best division winner in with the wild cards. I think that's a bad idea. If you win your division, even if it's a relatively weak division, that ought to mean something. And sometimes, for example, as recently as 2019, all three division winners in the American League won more than 100 games. So the division winners should be exempt from the expanded wild card round. So what do you do? You take the second and third wild card qualifiers. And you have them play what has become an accepted thing, and people like it because it's an elimination game. You have them play the one-game wild-card knockout, which until this year was the format. You come in through the back door, you deserve to have a shot, but you also deserve the randomness of losing one game. But the best wild-card, which very often is a very good team, sometimes the second-best team in the league, look no further than last year when the Dodgers won 106, and lost the division by a game to the Giants. They shouldn't be subject to the same jeopardy as the second and third best wild cards who came in through the back door. They're sitting there waiting for the survivor of the knockout game to come to their ballpark and play the two out of three, all in their home park. Could they lose it? Yes, they could. But it gives them a distinct advantage because whoever came out of the knockout had to use some of their pitchers, in theory their best starting pitcher, et cetera, et cetera. They have to travel. And two out of three is less capricious. It's still a roll of the dice. But it's less capricious than a single-game knockout. I left this part out. They have to trim the regular season to 156 games. Why 156? It's one three-game home series, which is generally what a series is now in baseball, one three-game home series for each team. You give up three on the road and three at home. But you're going to get extra postseason revenue from the networks because of what I'm going to say next. You move into the division round now. So the wild-card survivor is the fourth team with the three division winners. Here's a question I've always asked. Why should the division series the one guaranteed to include the third-best division winner and a wild card, be the only one that's best out of five, subject to the most random result. Does the best team usually win? Yeah. But in baseball, it's just very different from other sports. It doesn't raise an eyebrow if during the course of the regular season, a team that will win 105 games loses three out of five, and a team that will finish under 500 wins seven or eight in a row. That's the nature of baseball. 
So the longer the series, the less likely that is to happen. So the division series should now be best of seven, just like the LCS and the World Series. Does it guarantee that the Dodgers wouldn't lose to the Padres? No. Does it guarantee that the Padres have no chance to win? No. But it restores a greater balance. And then you move on to the LCS, and then you move on to the World Series. Another possible wrinkle you could have is to have the best team in the league waiting for uh, the survivor of the wildcard round. Let that team select its opponent. Why, just because a team is a wildcard, are they automatically the weaker opponent? Would the Giants a year ago have chosen to play the Dodgers in the division series? Of course not. So that further advantages the best team in the league. And it would also, we're not talking about some crazy, you know, fill out the brackets, March Madness thing. It's just one selection. But it would also spark a lot of good baseball conversation because there would be strategic reasons. You wouldn't base it solely on a team's record. You'd base it on matchups. You'd also be looking at the other teams that were still alive. What other team has a better chance to derail the team we don't want to meet in the LCS if we get that far? It would create interesting baseball conversation. If you did all those things, would it stop a team like the Phillies from getting hot? No, you don't want it to be eliminated as a possibility. You just want it to be a lesser possibility. And you want gradations of advantages and disadvantages up and down the line once the playoffs begin. And then once you've done that, if the two sixth qualifiers in each league make it to the World Series, so be it. If the Astros and Dodgers had made it to the World Series, two best records, that's fine too. At least if you're going to expand the playoffs under that circumstance, you've done everything you can to honor the regular season, but still give the outliers a bit of a shot. The great Bob Cast is our guest on Inside the Clubhouse, Bruce Levine, David Haw, every Saturday talking baseball, 52 weeks out of the year on the score every Saturday morning. Bob, uh, managing in the major leagues seems to be the very worst job in all of sports. Uh, I, I say that because of the fact that the middle manager uh, has turned into a middle manager now, and they seem to have the least amount of say-so, the least amount of power, the least amount of autonomy of any coach in sports. Your take on managing now, we have uh, an opening here in Chicago. There's talk about possibly Ozzie Gein being back in the mix. Mm -hmm. The White Sox are looking for somebody that uh, kind of is not Tony La Russa, but nece not necessarily Joe Espada. Uh, what are your thoughts about managing now and the difficulties and uh, maybe the, the harm that it's done baseball by having managers who don't seem to have the same type of uh, power that they once had? Well, it's always interesting when people become upset with Dave Roberts or Aaron Boone. You're in big markets, Dodgers, Yankees, spend a lot of money. And because of the nature of the playoffs now in so many rounds, stuff can happen. And, and they say, fire this guy. Do they think that whoever is hired to replace that guy is going to have different marching orders? Do they think the next guy who replaces Dave Roberts, who absolutely should not be fired because in the big picture he's done a very good job, do they think the next guy is not going to receive all kinds of input from an analytics-driven front office? Do they think that whoever would replace, in theory, Aaron Boone isn't going to have the front office and the analytics guys in his ear? So it's, it's a little bit crazy, yes. But I think that what you see also, even as all this stuff is going on and fans think it's all just push-button decisions dictated by the front office as if uh, 
each of these players were just something on a computer printout instead of human beings with hot streaks and and individual games not always matching up to the big picture that analytics tells us about. Even as all this is happening, you've got Dusty Bakers and Buck Showalters, and here's Bruce Bochy back in it, and Brian Snitker. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, these guys obviously are bringing to bear their lives in the game, what they understand about the game on the field, the eyeball test. They're not turning their back on analytics. You have to have the information. But they're not living and dying by it, and they have enough standing because of their time in the game. They have enough standing to, uh, to insist that they have a certain measure of autonomy while at the same time being open to the input of the analytics guys. Bob, we're up against the clock. Really appreciate your time. Looking forward to November 11th, HBO, back on the record. And enjoy the rest of the World Series, and thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, David. Bob Costas the legendary broadcaster joining us here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 score. Bruce, I wish we had so much more time. You know that we don't. We'll talk about what he had to say and react when we come back. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. 1 1 pitch. Fly ball off the end of the bat. Short right field. Castellanos saves the day and sends game one to the 10th. Nick Castellanos, of all people, with a diving defensive play. And instead of game one ending in the bottom of the ninth, we've got extra innings. Wow! Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine. And yes, wow, thank you, Fox Sports. Nick Castellanos making a defensive play. A big one in the bottom of the ninth. That that just typifies the type of postseason this has been for the Phillies. It was great to have Bob Costas tell us what he would do and what he plans to propose to Rob Manfred when he's a guest on the HBO show next month, Bruce. Interesting ideas. Always good to have Bob Costas share his perspective with us because uh, when he speaks, people listen. Absolutely. Well thought out. He brought a tremendous amount of energy with uh, he will get a – he will get a timeout for being late, but you know that we're happy to have him on anytime you have Bob Costas on. It's it's terrific. Uh, he had some great ideas. Um, I I personally didn't get to talk to him about the fact that hey, no matter how many uh, barriers you put up there, things that are happening like the Philadelphia Phillies are going to happen anyway. Uh, you know, again, a six seed uh, now with a one game lead in the World Series after the first uh, game. Uh, I think it's tremendous for baseball that uh, their playoff system with a six seed landing in the World Series gives hope that this system is one that works, even though it, it diminishes what the 162-game season used to be. Bruce, I want to ask you this question. I wanted to ask it of Bob. We ran out of time, but I do think we have to address it. Dusty Baker did before game one. Major League Baseball rosters at opening day only had 6.8% black players on them. He called it uh, a bad look for baseball, Dusty did. He said he was ashamed by it. And we know that 11 of the 30 teams involved have no more than one black player on it. And this is the first first time since 1950 the World Series has been played 
without a black player on either team. How satisfied are you how, uh, with the progress Major League Baseball has made in recent years and is vowed to continue to make in terms of the $150 million investment in player, the Players Alliance and, and other things? We saw four of the first five players drafted were black players back in June. Do you think that this is more than lip service, that this is going to get better and they're committed to making it so? I think baseball is doing everything it can. I just think the other sports are more attractive to the young, uh, young people out there. I think the NBA and the NFL and uh, football are more attractive to uh, African-American players. I think it's, it's an easier access game. It's easier to play. Um, I think the NBA and uh, NFL have done a terrific job of marketing their sport to the point where uh, that's where those, player, those young people want to go. And I don't, I don't think there's much you can do about it. Uh, the, the, the good news is that even though there aren't enough African-American players playing baseball, uh, other minorities have stepped up. And now we have over, I think it's almost 35% Latin American players playing in baseball. So I don't think, honestly, I think baseball has done everything it can. David, I'd like to get your opinion before we go to the break on, on what more they can do. Because uh, I, I, I wonder... really think... It's, I really it's, think it's a they've tough invested a lot. Answer. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a tough one to answer and address in a short period of time. It's a, it's a project. It's a seminar. It's an undertaking. But I do think this. When you talk about changing the game to make it more appealing, more entertaining, if you will, to get the people who aren't paying attention any longer, I think when you increase its, ability, its appeal, you also increase its accessibility. You have more people interested in maybe wanting to be a part of something. And that could trickle down into younger athletes who are now being geared or, or drawn to basketball or football or other sports or video esports, things like that, staying away from baseball. There are a lot of socioeconomic factors you have to consider. We can't be blind to that. But I do also yeah. think that some of these changes to the game are related to trying to make it more accessible. And that will start to also, you know, increase the awareness that, hey, baseball is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Look, David, uh, young uh, people of other ethnicities aren't playing as much baseball either. And uh, we've talked about it at times. All of these uh, travel ball teams and all-star teams have eliminated players from wanting to be involved because they're only concentrating on the best young kids to get them pushed forward. And I think that's a huge mistake that, uh, that uh, these uh, youth leagues make in uh, – promoting their, you know, their young kids and pushing them ahead. Lucky to have an example like Tim Anderson in Chicago, though, to lead the way and to show people how, how cool it can be to, to play Major League Baseball, to play the sport, and he is active in the community trying to do what he can as well, and we'll continue to talk about this important topic each and every Saturday morning, 9 to 11, inside the clubhouse. We have one segment left, Bruce. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, 
better than reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's one of our other favorite games, Chicago Bound. Who will we be talking about? Next, well, we're wondering if you can go home again, Anthony Rizzo. Let's talk about it inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I'm going to tell you something that you all should know. Chicago is the greatest place I ever know. I'm going to stay in this town. I'm going to live in this town. I'm going to live in Chicago Cubs and Sox are off for the winter, but inside the clubhouse starts the hot stove discussion now. David and Bruce take a look at which free agents and trades the Cubs and Sox should explore. Will Jose Abreu be back on the south side? Will Wrigley Field be the next home for Aaron Judge or Trey Turner? Does Wilson Contreras as a Cardinal make sense? You help them make the call. 312-644-6767. And Rizzo sends it high and deep to right. That is back. Tucker out of room, and it is gone. Anthony Rizzo gets the Yankees off the deck. Only have to get one guy on it. Rizzo gets a fastball up in the zone. Foul two or three off. He didn't miss that one. That was about the fourth fastball he's yeah. seen in the same spot. Ninth career postseason home run for Anthony Rizzo. He's had some big moments in the postseason. That was a big moment. Thank you, TBS, for that highlight, Anthony Rizzo, solo home run in the ALCS. Thank you for joining us here inside the clubhouse for our Chicago Bound segment. Anthony Rizzo, Bruce, can opt out of his Yankees contract. I think that uh, he's going to sit down with his agents and his family, he said, and make that decision. Even if he makes that decision, long shot at best, isn't it, that he's coming back to Chicago? Do you want to revisit that history? Do you? Why not? What do the uh, Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox need the most? The Cubs, I think, need a first baseman. And you already told us a couple weeks ago that they will want to look at Jose Abreu's availability and try to sign him. I would prefer Abreu to Anthony Rizzo. I think that Anthony Rizzo is very uh, dependable in, in, you know, the, in terms of the postseason. There are a lot of things to like about Rizzo, but I, I wonder about the intangibles, and I wonder about his back. What the Chicago Cubs and Chicago White Sox have in common as far as their needs go, David, they both need power hitting from the left side. Okay? Anthony okay. Rizzo hit 32 home runs this year. Anthony Rizzo was a dominant force at the beginning of the year for the Yankees when Judge and Stanton were not. Anthony Rizzo not is not quite the same gold glove that he was at first base, 
still one of the very best first basemen in baseball. Anthony Rizzo on a short-term deal for the Cubs or the White Sox, to me, make perfect sense for them. Does it make perfect sense for Anthony Rizzo? Uh, certainly the favored team in Chicago would be, again, the White Sox, being a little more progressed than the Chicago Cubs. But coming home, being a part of a rebuild with the Chicago Cubs in a uh, year after they uh, started to advance in the second half of the season uh, to being having the fourth best record in the National League, to me, makes a lot of sense. And can Anthony Rizzo get paid a couple more years at $20 million rather than at $16 million? I just don't think that he wants to go through that again. I don't think he wants to revisit that part of his past, that, that, that open that door that's already been closed. I, I, I could maybe, and I think with the White Sox, they do need left-handed bats, but they, they would need an outfielder. And I don't know, Bruce. I think that it seems like, this is one of those things that will be media fabricated, generated, but I don't know how realistic it is. Because I, you know Rizzo, you know Rizzo as well as anybody in town. Do you think that he wants to come back to Chicago and and have add that to the mix of of the baseball part of his life? I don't know. I I, I would not put it out of the uh, the realm of possibility because he left here on good terms. I mean, uh, yeah, they didn't get a contract done. He didn't, you know, from his perspective, his agent's perspective, they didn't get more money. They got less money than the Cubs offered. Right, David? I, it is. It is true. I, I think it's amusing, too, because we talked about John Heyman's in his report to about Ozzie Guillen earlier in the show. John Heyman also kind of, uh, it, this was an aside, but he talked about Aaron Judge and, and the Cubs. And he said that if Aaron Judge is talking to his good friend Anthony Rizzo, he's unlikely to want to play for the Cubs because of some lingering bad feelings that might exist. I don't know ah, if they do exist, or, Bruce, but that perception. You think it's hogwash? hogwash. Oh, jeez. Can I look that I mean, up? Anthony hogwash. Rizzo is going to be looked on as an icon here in Chicago with the Cubs, the fan base, and him and his history uh, for eternity, okay? He's going to be going down as one of the greatest Cub players of all time. He will be back here. His uniform will likely be retired at some point. There may be a statue uh, for him down the road, as there will be for uh, maybe other players from that championship team. Uh, Time heals all wounds. Uh, Sometimes people say, uh, you know, the opposite. But the reality is, is that, He'll always be looked at as a Cub, no matter what he does with the New York Yankees for the hold, next hold year. Hold on, so. Bruce. I, I'm still busy. One six seven score baseball expert to the other colon hogwash. I'm working on my headline here. <laughs> hogwash. I, I guess. I guess. Judge is but not going to determine that. Why would Why wouldn't somebody want to come to the Cubs or White Sox? Okay, uh, the money is is the, the best, and uh, you know the. The fan bases are the best in the world. Why winning. wouldn't anybody want to come Winning. Here? Winning. If I'm well, Anthony Rizzo, they, they I'm, did li- it once I'm liking with it. New York. I, I, the Yankees. What have they what have the what has New York won? They're closer to a World Series than the Cubs. Yeah, that's all they are. They haven't been to World Series since two thousand and nine. I think the Cubs were there in sixteen. They were there in 16, but I think those are semantics. When you look at the rosters and you look at 2023 and you look at their capability to make a tweak here or there to get to the World Series, if I'm Anthony Rizzo and I'm his people, I'm saying, what do you want to do at this stage of your life, at this stage of your career? Do you want to win another World Series? Let's go find the place that is more conducive to that. To me, 
that puts the Yankees ahead of either team in town. Look, what's most likely going to happen is that Rizzo will opt out and then the Yankees will offer a qualifying offer that'll be about $19.6 million, and he'll either take that and sign a, uh, take that and maybe get an option year on top of that after he goes there. Uh, that's, likely, that's the most likely thing. I still think he fits great for either side of town. The Cubs desperately need hitting. The White Sox desperately need a power bat from the left side. He could DH as often as he plays first. You want to get break Vaughn in at first base, that's fine. But to me, you you go tell me what left-handed power hitters are going to be available out there uh, in the offseason via free agency and how many of them are going to get traded. Could he end up with the Giants? They have a lot of money to spend. They seem to be aggressively uh, approaching free agency. They are going to be in the Aaron Judge conversation. If Judge and Rizzo are buddies, you never know. Maybe they are a package deal. Be a big package. We have people to thank, David. We do have people to thank. Hogwash. We don't have. I just want to say that again. I'm sorry. We have a lot of people to thank, starting with Bob Costas, the legendary broadcaster. That was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, we thank uh, Sean Sears for doing a terrific job producing. Thank our great audiences, both in the South and the North Side and all over the country. You can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website at 670thescore.com. And Steve Rosenblum does his magic next, doesn't he, David? Yes, he does, and thank you, Bruce, for lining up the interviews, for being yourself, and taking us through another great episode of Inside the Clubhouse. Thank you, Sean Sears, and thank you for listening. This has been a lot of fun. Inside the Clubhouse, right here on 6-7 Score. I will talk to you Monday morning, 5.30, Molly and Haw. Stay tuned for the Rose and Bloom. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.